I am unashamed. What about you? So welcome back to Unashamed. Um, I guess we're going to open with a production meeting. <laughs> that Zach missed last podcast. We, we actually had this on the last podcast, but Zach I had was stepped on the last away. Podcast. Yeah, you were. Yeah. You were until we looked up and you weren't. But I was until I wasn't. <laughs> this podcast is complete with special effects. And one of the greatest special effects that we have is Zach will disappear in the blink of an eye. <laughs> You just so every time you see a bookshelf, there's just there's no Zach. I think every time Zach, I didn't know what. Yeah, I I was gonna. I had a movie idea, and we were going to have a production meeting. I was so excited. It was right at the end of the last podcast with Bowles. So Larry Bowles (laughs) preached Sunday at WFR. We talked. He preached like four hours and seven minutes. (laughs) And now that he's gone, now that he's gone, and uh, it was it was a mini series of a sermon that was fantastic. It was it is good. worth your time. No, it was, it was like forty five minutes, but it seemed longer. And it was just so riddled with Bible verses. It was more like a class. But in Larry's defense, you know, when I was with him in Athens, Greece, and he would speak, the class that all these refugees would come to from every country that you've never heard of, the average class was four hours. Oh, yeah. And these people, nobody ever got, there was no yawns. Only only in America do you sit down and expect to be 30 minutes. Everywhere else in the world, they're like, oh, no, we came a long way to be here. Yeah. I, I, so I, I told the, you all a few weeks ago, I preached a 53-minute sermon. Of, uh, so I'm, I'm like, I'm in that camp. I, I like was an camp. hour and five minutes on my Wednesday night thing, which I felt bad about it. But uh, Missy's like, don't feel bad. I'm sure it's fine. So we had a meet because I, after I heard that sermon, you know, I went to sleep that night and I had a dream and it was a movie idea. It was Good Zombies. I don't know what, we'll have to work with the title, but every zombie apocalypse movie, they're always evil and bloody. This and is gory. how the last podcast had ended, but it was with this idea. Yeah, this yeah. idea. I went through it and, and Larry actually had a theme song. What was this group? It's never, Audio Adrenaline. I'd never heard of that. It's a, And he said they had a zo- song about this, what Jace is describing in this dream. So that's our that's our movie theme song, potentially. Audio Adrenaline. I, I suggest that we get Taylor Swift to cover the song for us. I'm sure she would. Just so we can it. attach her to the project. I've already told well, you. She's, since she's taken over the movie theaters, you know. With, and uh, and she knows Jace. She knows, and we, she knows we, Jace. Y'all we, good friends. We are acquaintances. And so uh, what the the theme came from the Transfiguration because it was actually, I didn't say this on the last podcast, but it, Jesus Some was talking to two zombies. Moses had been dead 1,500 years. Is that not a zombie? Big time. He was having a conversation with him. And so you could do this. You, know, you could have special effects because Elijah was there. He was the king of the fireballs. You know, when he called down the fireballs on two different occasions. And so you could have that in the movie, but only throw so fireballs. He's still in Jace's vision for the movie. The zombies still have the kind of herky-jerky movements. Yeah. You still got the kind of classic zombie because you're dead. But they're good zombies. But you're good because when you meet them, instead of them wanting to eat your brains or whatever, they're wanting to share the fruits of the Spirit with you. Yeah. Oh, That's the twist. It's all, it's, it's, it's a classic It's warm and fluffy, except yeah, classic. when you need fireballs, we have those. But it has to be something that 
Yeah. Fireballs. But zombies are... don't zombies don't throw fireballs though. That, that, I don't, what does that mean? Well, it's these do. <laughs> in li- now we're back into the Bible because now you've challenged my <laughs> idea. World zombies could do anything. Okay, so Luke nine, you have the transfiguration. Zombies. Moses and Elijah's okay. there. Two paragraphs later, they the disciples James and John they were they went to the Samaritan village and those people said get out of here, and so when the disciples James and John fifty four of chapter chapter nine, they said they asked the Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they went to another village. Where did they get that idea? Because they just saw okay. Elijah as a zombie, and they thought, oh, fireballs are back on the table. I just saw <laughs> Elijah. <laughs> now, he did rebuke them, but if you had something yeah. in the movie that was fireball warranted, I think well, you, you're the movie mogul, and you missed the production <laughs> movie. I'm just saying I'm giving true. you the concept. Make it work for the Lord. <laughs> well, listen, We're not we'll the creatives here, Zach. We're just the people with the, the idea. We'll see how the blind movie does. If it does well, then this may be one of those projects we got to put back to the people, like Duck Family Treasure, when we, you know, we 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 polled the audience. Um, I, I got to get I got to get a vision for that, Jay. So it's complicated, you know. But we'll see. Well, in the know? movie business, you need I I just gave you the body, the point. Yeah. You need we need to figure out Unashamed Nation, and you being the movie mogul, we need to figure out the legs. The legs of the, it all. The legs. tentacles of the movie, the way we'll go with it. I think you could make it a half comedy, half, but seriously, though. Yeah. Kind of. I did see a, like a, I don't, didn't see the whole movie, but kind of a comedy zombie. The guy, he was a zombie, but he, he kind of had some good, good in him. And he was started. Was it with Woody Harrelson? Was he in it? Uh, he was in a zombie. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was it. Yeah. It was like, it was kind of funny. I mean, but they were still yeah. scary, but it was kind of had a lot of humor to it. The guy's like yeah. making up all the rules for. Uh, well, the audio adrenaline song is called Some Kind of Zombie. I looked it up. I was thinking yeah. of the Cranberries because I grew up in the 90s. So yeah. It was the, I remember the song so, you're talking about. The theme verse for the movie, we, I left that out just to put, put a button on this, is Romans 8.10. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ okay. from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit. That's good. It's the yeah, zombie. We I'm are zombies. Well, yeah. Now you got it. Okay. Some, we're well, some kind of zombie. Some kind that, of zombie. I've that, checked the that's song the out. name of it. That's the name of the movie right there, Al. Yeah. Some, some kind, kind of zombie. Some kind of zombie. Well, I, we need to get a hold of audio, audio adrenaline guys and see if we can. Uh, yeah. We'll have to work a deal. Look, with this you guy. could put underneath that the name of the movie. The tagline is "Coming to a dead body near you." <laughs> <laughs> Some kind of zombie. So, Dad, what do you think about this idea? You've been pretty silent. I think uh, I think they got to watch himself. They'll fall off the deep end. <laughs> I'm not sure if that I'm was a compliment or a rebuke. <laughs> it could have been either, however you want to take it. Jesus did say, throw the nets towards the deeper water. I 
All I'm yeah, saying is, yeah, I think if you made a movie that made fun of Hollywood zombie movies that was in yeah. a spirit. You would never think yeah. about that in the face genre for sure. That might, that's that's well, the interesting thing. We'd be breaking new ground there. It's not like sure. I just had this crazy idea. Look, that there's a show called, uh, I've never watched it, but I've heard about it. The Waking Dead. Walking the Walking Dead. dead. The Walking Look, Dead. It's just in. It. It's still on. Yeah. Oh, and there's now multiple like spinoffs. There's spinoffs. There's uh, yeah. So Which is, I mean, I got sucked into that vortex for about two or three years. I, it was a good. It was really good till they brought out the the tiger. Then I thought it kind of went off the rails. Yeah, well, it's hard to you know. It's a comic book, I think. So it's hard to. Stick well, in all I'm saying is I think there's a way to do it. So from Jace's yeah, well, Jace's uh, dreams. To reality, back to reality. Tell us about the uh, the blind release because this happens. That this is the tomorrow. 27th, tomorrow. So if you don't have your tickets, but you better get them now. Get your tickets today. Um, I, I think we said in the last podcast we, we may get pushed out eventually by the Taylor Swift uh, tidal wave that's coming to theaters. But uh, yeah, we'll be in um, a theater near you. You go to theblindmovie.com and uh, get your tickets now and take your friends uh hopefully we'll have a, a great showing up in the weekend it's it's here i mean it's kind of kind of kind of wild all that work all that time and here we are and you said so, that and, um this taylor swift thing is happening in a couple of weeks so i mean you were being serious and saying that we better get in there and try to see the film because we're probably gonna get pushed out of some theaters yeah, I, I don't. Think, I mean, there's, yeah, I think we got about a, a week to two week window to see this film. Uh, so if you want, if you want to watch it, I mean, get out there and and uh, and get your tickets now. You know, there's a lot, Zach. There's a lot of creative uh, things that are happening. I know I've heard from a couple of people. One is in North Carolina, not too far from you, um, that they're going to do it at a at a university there. Uh, our good friend Kenny is organizing that, and then I know there's some churches are going to do that as well. There's some options. So if you go to theblindmovie.com, you can get information about that, correct? Yeah, it may be too late for that. Oh, okay, um, sorry. Uh, for to get it in your church, but I mean, you still go. I mean, you can fill out the form. I'm, I'm not 100% sure on that. I'll tell you what's cool, though. I talked to Kenny. He's doing that at a university where they're going to have, I think, about 350 students yeah. are going to watch the bond. They're going to have uh, baptistries as well set up. Yeah, I think he said, and oh, cool. uh, which I think is cool. I don't know if y'all saw this a, a few weeks ago. There was, uh, well, first of all, that Sadie uh, at her conference, there was several hundred young women that were baptized into Christ. And then a few days after that, I, I saw a post from um, Jenny Allen uh, that she was at University of Auburn with uh, a few other people, and they had a kind of a, I don't know, some kind of revival there or something. And afterwards, they, um, they were like, hey, we got some people that are going to get baptized down here in this lake that's on campus. And, and they sat out there for hours. And all these students were, were coming to Christ and were being baptized in, in, into Jesus. And there was three or four people in the water. I mean, they were just coming in droves. And you could, I mean, the footage was amazing. It was just like a like a, a pond just surrounded by college students. And they were just one after another confessing Christ and being baptized. And so Man, I thought, how cool will it be uh, um, if people go watch this film, and uh, and that happens? I mean, so you know that I, I can see you know churches that are putting this on uh, are planning you know to, to see God move in it. So um, a lot of a lot of things are happening. I, it's kind of an interesting time in our culture. I feel like people are are just 
in, in the world we live in, this cancel culture world that's so much based on performance and at any moment you can be canceled. I think m- now more than ever, people are literally dying for hope, dying for a redemption story, dying for a way out of our sin problem, a way out of all the condemnation that's been heaped on us. And and this movie is is that. I mean, it's, I mean, Phil, you, you laid it bare. You did. You laid it all out there. And uh, I think people are going to be moved by it and it's going to be very powerful. So I, I can't encourage you enough to go watch this film. Yeah. And, you know, it's like uh, it's like the passion has been for I don't know, however many years it's been since Mel Gibson made that. It's the good thing about it, Zach, is this is a tool uh, that can be used in the future. And that's one of the things I told about dad. One of the things I was excited about having a movie made about their life that led them to Christ was that, you know, that's, that'll be around from now on. I mean, uh, and be able to bless people generationally. You know, when, when I run into people now, a lot of young people that watch Duck Dynasty and I'm like, well, you're too young. I, I, and we've been off the air for six years. And they're like, oh, yeah. we watched the rerun. And so then it hit me. I thought, man, this is a generational blessing that people will get. And it's the same with this movie. So that's the beauty of it is we'll be able to use that going forward for just what you described, maybe a moment of revival or whatever, you know? Well, you, I mean, there, there, I think people right now in, in 2023, the weight of condemnation that is, is that people are under. I've never, I mean, I mean, I've, I've even felt it and I'm just, it's just this, especially young people, there's this weight of condemnation of just constant accusation, constant reminder of everything that you do wrong is publicly on display. Every, I mean, it is, I mean, people are dying out there. And I, and I thought about this verse over and over again, as we made this film in Romans uh, chapter eight, verse one, I just want to encourage everybody with this. If you're in Christ Jesus, listen to this. There, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Period. If you are in Christ Jesus, no matter what you've done, no matter what your past is, no matter you know all the what it doesn't. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So I just want to be a part of telling those kind of stories, really, for the rest of my life. And I hope that we get to do that. So the mine's one of those stories. So. Yeah. Tomorrow is the day, guys. Tomorrow's the day. Tomorrow's a big day, which we're excited about. Be sure and pray for that as well. Because obviously we want it to be an impact for people, you know, which is which is what the podcast is about, is what it's all about. So as far as the zombie thing though, um <laughs> yeah, I'm about to get back with you on that, Jay. So <laughs> Oh boy, Jay. That's the that's the classic blow off there. Let me get back right. to you. Not, not, not let saying me, no, but let, let, me, let me have, have my, my people, people talk to your people. Have my people look into that one. <laughs> didn't get it (laughs) i gave you a scriptural foundation now you have to have an open mind or it just falls on the cutting room floor now we know that really is a movie mogul because they say no way more than they say yes (laughs) i would like to hear from unashamed nation just be honest i mean you know is i mean I'm not give us some of your I love comments. the scripture. I'm, yeah. yeah, I'd love to I didn't to know say it was not going to take creativity. Okay. Yeah. This is, especially when you're doing something that's never been done before. But if you had 10,000 movies and they all follow the same general line. You get what we got. That kind of has an evil vibe to it yeah. or a curious vibe. It just seems like that one Christian organization could rise up and say, you want to see a movie about zombies that's positive? 
Here you go. And I just don't the, think that's too much. People are saying that all across America. I want to see a positive zombie movie. I know they are very popular. I had a dream, and it came out. I'm just saying. Well, if you had it, I will say that I'll, I'll lean into the I'll lean into that part of it for sure. So especially uh, those of you on the Facebook, because I know there's a big group of Facebookers uh, that listen to the show. Let let that group know. I want to hear that discussion. So we'll hear just from on the unashamed. You talk yeah. about on the unashamed. Yeah. And by the way, I yeah I do read the comments. Someone said uh, someone put on there the other day. That Zach doesn't even read these comments, but I don't have a. I don't have a Facebook page, so I can't comment on anything. But I'd look through my wife's page because I don't have. I have like a public page, but I don't have like a. You know, I can't comment. Well, then the organizers of the Facebook group they do listen and watch everything, and then they let oh, us. Yeah. Know. I would so recommend. We I'd recommend that you need tech support. I need tech support. That's what we need. <laughs> yeah, you need to have a way to do that. Yeah. Tell yeah. them to change the name from Zach to Jace. You get tech report. I mean, a support, and then you can figure it out because I'm not reading the comments. Yeah, and I, I'm not either because I don't have Facebook and I'm too busy. But we do have people that do and get us the messages, so that's important. All right, so we're going to take a break. Uh, we come back, we're going to have a, uh, a special guest on today, and maybe he can, maybe he'll have some ideas about zombie movies. We might ask him about that. I may be too embarrassed to ask him. He's pretty. <laughs> Yeah, that's, he's a pretty important guy. So, anyway, we'll we'll take a break. Uh, I'll tell you who we're having on the other side. So, Zach, have you bought any underwear lately? I did last week. <laughs> I, I, I was in Birmingham, Alabama. I stopped. Jill had to buy some clothes, and I, and I said I, I need new underwear. They had a Tommy John store. I walked in and bought two pair, and I told the lady, I said, you know, it's you know, it's bad when. We get we can get these for free, but yet I'm I need them so bad that I'm buying them, and that's how good they are. <laughs> that's how good. They so are. I, I bought me two pair this past, uh, but yeah, you know, just, just just last week. Well, we uh, and we do love Tommy John, and uh, I was buying them long before they were sponsors of our podcast because it is uh, a quality product, the most comfortable boxer briefs ever uh, is what they claim, but it's true. Um, they have a uh, best pair you'll ever wear, or it's free guarantee, which that tells you something about their product. They say you don't like it, you, they get your money back, but you will. You'll be like Zach. You'll be out buying them. They've sold over 20 million pairs. They've got thousands of five-star reviews from all across America. Uh, they don't ride and they don't roll down, uh, which makes them really, really good. So check these guys out. You get 20% off your first order right now. If you go to tommyjohn.com slash Phil, so it's 20% off tommyjohn.com slash Phil. See their site for details. So welcome back to Unashamed. Uh, we have a very distinguished guest, one of our favorite people, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West uh, is in the house. So Alan, welcome to the Unashamed podcast. Well, it's good to be with y'all. And I don't think I'm so distinguished after this past college football weekend where, you know. <laughs> I'm so I'm, glad I'm, you I'm, just I'm, went there. That's what I love about you, Alan. I, I got to, man. I got to. Look, look I, I saw it coming. I mean, uh, I went to University of Tennessee and yep. the Gators. I mean, a nighttime game in the swamp. Yep. And they needed a, a big win. They needed an upset win. And, you know, Tennessee just didn't show up in that second quarter. 
They just, they, I don't know I'm, where they I'm were. a big Gator fan. I grew up in Gainesville, so I'm I, uh, I'm glad to know that you're a, you're a Vol, and I just want to tell you it was a great game, and we really enjoyed <laughs> no, it. Oh, sure, it was a great <laughs> game. Yeah, go Gators. Blah blah blah. Yeah, you want me to do that? Sure. I mean, well, uh, we discovered all this before we came on air. Just uh, while, while y'all were watching that game, I was actually alligator hunting, and I. Well, what well, Tennessee was an alligator hunting. Yeah. That's for certain. <laughs> so, uh, well, if you want to do something about alligators, you come to Louisiana. And so I took care of a nice seven and a half foot alligator. Wow. And Zach, I'm going to have wow. to admit, after I pulled the trigger, yeah. the first thing I thought about was you. <laughs> <laughs> Go Gators! Well, I, I, hey, I think we're. I think the Gators. Uh, I was encouraged by that game for sure. So I, I can't wait to see what happens when we roll up on the Tigers. That's going to be fun. Yeah, That's it's going to be an it's going to be an interesting SEC uh, season. Uh, I mean, you know, South Carolina looked good in the first half. They didn't show up in the second half yep. against Georgia. And then and, everybody's uh, Alabama, wondering about Alabama, right? Because they don't. Look they good. they struggle. Yeah. They struggled yeah. against South Florida, so they got to pick a quarterback. Yep, that's exactly right. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun yeah. season. My most fun memory yeah. of that is the first time I met Tim Tebow, and he's like, he said, "You're not an LSU fan, are you?" And I was like, <laughs> "I live in Louisiana." He said, "Jace, I'm serious. They need Jesus." <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. He, said, he said i'm pretty convinced that i was the only sober person yeah. there when he played in battle well, it is funny because we've had because of the dashers mainly early on because we didn't otherwise we didn't know a lot about florida that kind of built into our personal robertson mm-hmm. rivalry but uh i you know when because tebow played for florida you know, I just yeah. I was like, yeah, you know, I don't like Tebow, and then we met him and we love him. So it's like now I realize, yeah, it's hard. That, yeah, now that he's not playing hard for to root Harvard. against him. Exactly. Yeah. He's yeah. A, he's a great but guy. but let me ask y'all a question, all you LSU Bengal Tiger fans, who translates for that little leprechaun coach y'all got? <laughs> you know, I think that's why we've been successful because I mean, he... <laughs> it's just go out. Uh, what did he say? He said, just go out there and get him. <laughs> We keep I mean, it simple. I, I, miss, I miss Coach Ogeron, man. Oh, man. I mean, you know, when at, at, that was, at Coach O's uh, first uh, meet, first press conference, he said, "You know what I like about me being the head coach at LSU?" He said, "I'm the first one without an accent." Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so he was awesome. I mean, unfortunately hey. for Coach O, I think he, you know, he had that wonderful team and had such a great season that he forgot we got to do it again next year you know that was yeah the, it was the the rebuilding is what coach o missed out yeah. on so but we love coach o but i love saban yeah. i mean saban built our program we were yeah, we were in the doldrums yeah. until he came to lsu so i'm still even though he's at alabama and all that i'll always appreciate what he did for us so it was it's a well, pro- it, it's a problem you know when they uh put the, our show duck dynasty into spanish Somewhere out there, some guy who spoke the Spanish language looked at Uncle Si, the character, and thought, 
I've got to translate that in, into our language. <laughs> it's not decipherable. How do you? How do you make that it's a form English. of English, yeah. but we're not really sure what language that is. You know, so I'm sure they had fun. It was with like it. they asked me what was Cajun, and I said, "Well, it's really a combination of bad English and bad French together." <laughs> yeah, and you try to figure out what it's about. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well, uh, Alan, we're great to have you back on the podcast. I, I knew we had had Absolutely. you on before. I actually had to go back and. Dig yeah. around in my old notes, and it was actually in uh, October of twenty, the last time we had you on. Mm-hmm. And since it was right before an election, we spent most of the time talking about politics. So I don't want to talk a lot of politics today. We're we're kind of we're trying to move upstream uh, on the Unashamed podcast. But Dad and I were on mm-hmm. your Steadfast and Loyal podcast back in April, and yes. uh, and really enjoyed that time with you. How's how's it going with your podcast? And uh, have you enjoyed doing that? Because you've done a lot of different stuff. Yeah. No, I absolutely enjoy it because the, the thing that I try to do is to inform, educate, and activate people. Uh, so often folks have an agenda, but I just want to have some, you know, critical people in this moment in time. Uh, last week we had uh, Chloe Cole who is a 19-year-old uh, young lady who is detransitioning. I mean, at the age of 12, she thought she wanted to be a boy. Yep. And to hear her story and what she went through and how now Christ has come into her life and completely changed her life, uh, this is one of the big challenges that we have today. So I like talking to people that are on the cutting edge of many of the issues that we have here and asking them the good, hard, straightforward questions and letting them respond to it. And, and I think that it is good for uh, that to encourage people and get them to understand what is happening in our country today. Yeah. Yeah. That's really powerful. And she, I've, I've seen her story as well. And uh, man, mm-hmm. I mean, to speak into these cultural issues that, you know, for us, we can just look at and say, well, this is wrong. This is simple. This is biology. But for someone to have traversed exactly where these people are and, and then come out and say, look, that's, this is not right. And here's why mm-hmm. and speak from personal experience makes a big difference. So, I'm glad you had it on your podcast. It's uh, it's sad. That's all I can say about that. People who get yeah. that confused, it's sad. Well, I tell you, uh, one of the key things when you listen to the interview with Chloe is parents have to be parents. Parents have to be the adults. Parents just can't go out there and affirm anything that their child says they want to do. I mean, if you're under the age of 18, you can't go out and get a tattoo. So how is it all of a sudden we're going to have kids saying, you know, I think that I want my healthy body parts chopped off. And then you get pushed into this this hard decision, which is a false decision of, you know, either you're going to have a child that commits suicide or you should, you know, allow this to happen. Uh, you know, my parents would have never accepted that. And and if I had ever said, you know, I want to be Aline and not Alan, my dad would have had an interesting conversation with me. And <laughs> yeah. then he would have asked, then he would have asked, who put that idea in your head? Yeah. It, so never occurred you look- to, it never occurred to me. It never entered my mind at all. <laughs> Uh, up yeah. till about seven or eight years ago, and I I began to hear about it, and I'm like, "Do what? How did this catch on? How did it catch on?" <laughs> yeah, but we I mean, well, we, t- teenagers yeah. are also confused. I mean, I remember some mm-hmm. of the crazy ideas I had, and I'd go in there and tell you know you and mom, "What about this?" And you were just like, "No," 
And that ended that, yeah. you know. It's like, yeah. That's what he's talking about, parenting, yeah. right? Well, it is a breakdown yeah. of the family and the home. I think it's the root of all our societal problems now. It, it is, and I tell you, it's purposeful. It's intentional from what we see of the policies of the left. Uh, you know, I often tell people I was born in 1961 in the uh, inner city of Atlanta, Georgia, and I was born in a blacks-only hospital, but... At that time, the two-parent traditional nuclear family of the black community was like 75 to 77 percent. Today, it's 24 yeah. percent. And all you have to do is go back and look at the policies of yeah. Lyndon Johnson, the Great Society, you know, the war on poverty. And when you say you're going to give checks to women who are having children out of wedlock, you completely tell the, the man he doesn't have to be responsible. He doesn't have to be accountable. And uh, I think during the Obama administration, they had this video called The Life of Julia. And it just showed how the government can come in and just take the take control of the life of a woman from cradle to grave. And now is if they allow you to be born, which is another incredible issue that we uh, have facing us, the the uh, they're making infanticide legal yeah. in some of these states. And, and I think that this really is where the body of Christ I know that, Phil, you know, you've talked about this so many times. The body of Christ got to find some cojones. Mm -hmm. They got to stand up and speak out against this. And our pastors, especially, got to speak out against this. Yeah, you have to be a voice of truth. Let's take a break. So one of the fun things about doing Unashamed, uh, Zach, is we've talked to a lot of young people that have started their own podcast uh, just because they've been inspired by what they've heard on Unashamed. Uh, I've appeared on three or four. Uh, most of them are just young Christians that, you know, see a way to impact people. And of course, whether no matter how big your audience is, you're impacting somebody, uh, which I love. And so that's kind of what the podcast genre does. It allows you to get out there on the internet and impact people for good. And uh, one of the guys that didn't do it because of us, but certainly we've had an influence on, is, is Jim Daly, uh, who is the uh, president of Focus on the Family. And uh, Jim's been a friend for a long time. Dad and I uh, were recently on his podcast, uh, which is called Refocus with Jim Daly. Uh, and it's really good. Uh, Jim has the uh, focus on the family, 40 years of helping families, helping marriages, uh, helping men and women be more solid Christians. He's been there for 20 years. Uh, great resource, reached a lot of people. Uh, he has a lot of folks on there going to talk about, you know, cancel culture, things that are going on in our world, but mostly how to encourage people to be more Christ-like. So we want you to check out Jim's podcast, Refocus with Jim Daly on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else that you listen to your podcast. Check him out. I was going to ask you about that, because I didn't ask you on the last podcast about growing up. We're, we're you were your parents Christians? Did you grow up in a Christian home, or did that come later for you? When did you? When did that happen? Dude, do I was a black kid growing up down south. I was going to Sunday school, <laughs> going to church, singing in the children's choir, going to summer youth camp. Okay, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you didn't say. You didn't say no. You didn't get an option. Right. So you so you grew yeah. up in it. So you've had it your whole life. Absolutely. What about Absolutely. what did you carry that with you? Like, because I know you spent what over twenty years in the in the military, and you were all around the world. Yeah. 
has that has faith always been a big part of that, and, and with with your family as well? Yeah, I, I will tell you that when you go back to the uh, Proverbs twenty two six, train up a child in the way that they should go, so that when they grow, they shall not depart from it. You know, even when my folks left me, you know, alone up there as a freshman in nineteen seventy nine at University of Tennessee. I didn't want to go out there and get buck wild and get crazy. Now, I did like the fact that I could go into the cafeteria and eat all that I could wanted to eat. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I did not want to hang out with, you know, that other element. And so it was January of 1980 when I made the personal decision for myself to give my life over to Christ. But uh, they laid the foundation. Yeah. for that to happen. And so, again, I think it's so important, as uh, Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We've got to get uh, this thing corrected in the homes all across the United States of America. Yeah, no doubt about well, it. I mean, this this past year has, well, I guess a year and a half now, you know, we have various ministries, and my wife had this ministry where she's sharing Jesus to women who came out of prison who was introduced to Jesus in prison. So there was one program working with my wife's ministry. So when they get out, she would give them a job and they would make jewelry. And it was, it was a nonprofit mm-hmm. in that the more jewelry they sold, the more women they would hire. And that's kind of how it went. And, and one of the women mm-hmm. who had gotten kicked out of her program because she wouldn't take a drug test, uh, you know, gives us a call three years later and from the hospital because she was in prison and they took her to the hospital to have a baby. And so she was pregnant when she had gone to prison. And, uh, you know, it, it dawns on us that this woman who we're familiar with, cause she was in the program has signed her baby over to us. And it just hit me in that moment. I'm not going to go out here and share Jesus and, and not rail about the breakdown of the family. If I'm not willing to step up here. And so the last year yeah. and a half, we've been involved with him. And through that, you know, I, I really uh, went to the word just to give myself confidence in what I was doing. And Matthew 18 has become a chapter that I just hang out in because what mm-hmm. I saw is the image, this kid made in the image of God, beautiful baby boy with all the, the fun and, just the uh, inspiration that we view toward this kid. Cause it's like I didn't, I was too young when I had my own kids to really appreciate it. You know, you're just all hands on Mm -hmm. deck. Let's raise these kids. And now I see a kid that I don't want to fall through the cracks and uh, through through society, but just a couple of verses, you know, in Matthew 18, you know, where Jesus compared the kingdom when he said, unless you change and become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom. And then Mm -hmm. he warned, had a warning in verse six, it'd be better anyone who causes one of these little ones to fall. It'd be better for him to have a large stone hung around his neck and to be drowned Mm -hmm. in the depths of the sea, which is as strong a language as you'll ever read in the Bible. And then he gets down to verse 10 and he said, I tell you, don't look down on one of these kids for, I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my father in heaven. And then he tells the parable that he also told on why he was eating with tax collectors and sinners. But he says, verse 12, if, if a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go look for the one that's wandered off? And if he finds it, 
I tell you the truth, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. And that's kind of become our motivation. So Mm -hmm. fast forward a year and a half later, and here we are. The mom's been, she's out of prison. She's in a great program. She, we're helping her now learn how to be a mom, you know, for the first time in her mm-hmm. life. But it just, that motivation has to be there to do something while we get society fixed and the programs fixed. And so uh, yeah. it's been a really a joy. But God's yeah. principles will always win in these types of situations, yeah. you know? Now, you're absolutely right. And uh, I just got back from a conference out in San Diego, and it was sponsored by an organization called Fathers in the Field, and uh, they selected me to be their national spokesperson. But it's all about uh, the the Bible verse, Isaiah 1 and 17, where it talks about defending the fatherless. That's yes. something that God calls us to do. And this ministry, this organization is all about, you know, finding men, uh, and especially out of church, who are willing to be mentors to young boys who don't have a father in their life. And uh, I'm sure you guys will love it. They, they take them out hunting and fishing and all of these things and sharing the gospel with them. And uh, they end up giving their life over to Christ. As a matter of fact, I met one of the young men, Justin, who was about to go into the United States Marine Corps next year. And uh, he gave a testimony about how things have changed because of the mentor he had through fathers in the field. But probably one of the most emotional moments was to hear the story of a mother in uh, Florida who lost her 22-year-old son to suicide because his father abandoned him early on, and he never was able to get over that, even though he fathered a, a, a young son himself. And so here was his son at a year and a half that, because of suicide, now that son does not have a father in the home. So we're seeing cycles of this. And, and somehow we've got to stop it. We've got to end it uh, in every way, shape, form, and fashion. So I would uh, challenge y'all, look up Fathers in the Field. Uh, John Smith Baker is the head of that organization. Uh, and they're doing incredible work you know, by getting men in church especially to be mentors for these boys, to Train them up in the way that they should go, because uh, you've got to have that strong male role model, which made a difference in my life because my dad was born in 1920 in South Alabama, across the Chattahoochee River, grew up in South Georgia. Uh, He was a corporal in World War II. And I remember at the age of 15 when my dad said that there's no greater honor than to wear the uniform of the United States of America and you will be the first officer in our family because he was an enlisted man. My older brother was an enlisted uh, Marine in Vietnam. Uh, And if we don't have men in the lives of boys to, to challenge them, and as we talked about, you know, I didn't get an option of going to Sunday school. I didn't get an option of going to church. I didn't get an option to sing in the church choir. I didn't get an option of going to, uh, you know, the, the summer youth camps. My dad made sure that I was there because he understood the importance of having not just a strong earthly father, but a connection to your heavenly father. And so when my dad passed away early in my life, uh, 1986, I was just 25. All of those things that he had trained me up on, that has enabled me to be a good dad uh, to my two daughters. And now, you know, I'm a granddad. I've got uh, one grandson and another on the way in November. So we have got to take this battle of responsibility uh, as men 
to train up the future American men. Yeah. And I love that stepping in the gap when others, you know, don't have that figure in their life. Let's take another break. So we all have uh, unexpected medical needs that come up uh, from time to time. And uh, one of the last things we want to do is be worried about how we're going to pay for it. And yet people face that every single day. So two questions for you. How are you paying for your health care and how's it working out for you? If it's working perfectly, great. If it's not, then listen closely because we have a solution. It's a biblical solution. It's called Samaritan Ministries, a great Bible name, uh, which I like. It's a community of Christians that help pay each other's medical bills. It's not insurance. It's assurance that you're part of a healthcare sharing community where members can care for each other, and not just financially when the medical need arises, but also spiritually. So here's how it works. Uh, you can join anytime. Your medical bills are sent to Samaritan Ministries. They notify fellow members to pray for you, and then they send money directly to you for your shareable bills. Uh, Lisa and I are signing up this week as we speak. Uh, your medical bills get paid. You'll find comfort in prayers, encouragement from fellow members. Um, it's not a faceless company. It's an opportunity for ministry. And one of the things that we loved about Lisa and I when we were checking it out was that when a medical emergency comes up, uh, you don't have to worry about what hospital, what ER doctor, whether it's in network or not. They have no network restrictions, so you have total freedom to choose whatever doctor, hospital, or treatments are best for you and your family. So uh, keep your medical costs low because you get access to exclusive health resources. It's a biblical solution to health care. Uh, and we like that we're bearing each other's burdens at Samaritan Ministry. So join 80,000 Christian households across the nation. They're sharing $30 million in medical needs every month. Become part of this community today at SamaritanMinistries.org slash unashamed. That's SamaritanMinistries.org slash unashamed. Um, which is, Jason, you talked about, you know, that idea about stepping in when it, the opportunity is not Well, there. that's that's uh, that's why I shared that. You know, I missed opening day of teal season because we had him for the weekend. And I was like, I, I had to do so much other stuff. But now that he's learned the English language and we, we have communication, I mean, I bet I told him Saturday at least seven times, maybe eight, no. We're not doing that, you know, <laughs> and he listens, you know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's what your point is and it's something I'm living out practically. You're also finding but, out why that, you know, Alan said he's grandfather. So am I, so are you that yeah. there's a reason why God made it that way that you had, that you have your grandkids because you have the kids taking care of those kids. You're, you've well, taken that middle out. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. But Jesus I thought was. yesterday, even when we were worshiping together and we had a men's retreat and, uh, you know, I just looked at, it was a very moving service. These guys had been doing a, a two-day retreat, and, and you could see the look on their wives' faces. They were genuinely excited that their man is excited about being leaders of their family. Yeah. I mean, you could just sense that. You saw a lot, just as many women with tears as you saw men. And I just looked, I looked across the crowd, though, and look, I saw all kinds of races, um, you know, multiracial people, everybody had tears going uh, down their face. You had all these people from Celebrate Recovery that are coming out of every addiction and every kind of sexual fantasy and identity problem that you could ever think of, yeah. all under one place in the name of Christ. 
uh, surrendering themselves to a new way of living life as humans. They had a bell that they would ring, Alan. It was kind of a symbol of submission to Christ, you know, like they'd come to some point in their life. And it was a really moving service. And I noticed one family, the, the guy went up first, and he had a big old long beard. He looked like he fit right in around here. He rang that bell, but then he <laughs> went back up, and all of his kids were with him, and they were yeah. ringing the bell with their dad. And, you know, I just thought it was a neat thing because it was the idea of that's what family finds it together. Uh, many times yeah, we've lost your way, you know, which is powerful. Well, yeah, it made me reflect on that just because yesterday was the first time in my life that uh, there's an uh, older African-American woman who always sits right behind me and my wife, who's just a, a warrior for the Lord. Yeah. And uh, I said yesterday was the first day that I got kissed by an African-American woman and a man in the same day. The man was Larry Bowles. <laughs> Larry, come up. I hadn't seen, I went to Athens, Greece with him and I saw him and he come up and kissed me on the cheek. I thought, Oh, I guess this the is holy the holy kiss. kiss. The yeah, holy that's kiss. what I he thought. Greeted, he he works the in the Middle kiss. East. They and, uh, greet that yeah. way. There was something about that interchange that happened in 10 seconds. And uh, my good sister, uh, Miss Betty Caper, she she kissed me on the cheek and my wife. And uh, I don't know, it just made me tear up. I yeah. thought, you know, this yeah. it, it was a moving service. But I thought, this is what the kingdom of God should look like. That's what the kingdom like. should look like. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that, was, that was the agape love that, uh, you know, it talks about in the Bible. And, and that's what we have to have. That's what Jesus Christ talked about was us having that type of love for each other. And, and I think that transcends, you know, like you just talked about, it transcends race or any of these other divisions visions that some people want to try to create in us. And, and so that's the power. And, and I really think that there is a resurgence of our Judeo-Christian faith heritage in this country because we see so much evil. I mean, you know, in Isaiah 520, it says, woe be to those who are called good, evil, evil, good, uh, light, darkness, darkness, light. That's exactly where we are right now. And so when you have folks that are talking about, you know, transitioning our kids or gender affirming our kids and taking away your child if you don't uh, go along with this or, yeah. you know, murdering our children in the womb by dismemberment all the way up until the time of their birth and even after, mm. I, I think that you're going to see more people stand up and say, you know, th this is just not right. Uh, and I, I can't agree with it, and, and I cannot go along with this. Yeah. No, you're, you're so right. I've shared this story before, but i got to share it. I, Hang on, before you share that, let's take our last one. So when I was in my early 20s, I, I shared the gospel with a guy who lived out where my dad lives, and uh, it's pretty rough out here. I mean, he <laughs> feels preach the gospel to everybody around here, but it's just, it's a pretty rough neighborhood. And uh, this guy, he was struggling whether he wanted to change his life or come to Jesus. And I was trying to get him to come meet with us at, at church and I uh, talked him into doing it. And so I didn't know everything about his life or whatever, but as soon as we got settled there and uh, it's a pretty big church, he leaned over and he said, there's a lot of black people here. <laughs> and I kind of looked at him strange, and I thought, because I didn't know, which, you know, later I found found out that he had racist tendencies, you know. But my response mm. was, I said, I hadn't noticed. And so then when we started singing together, I looked back o over at him, and just tears were coming down his face. And he actually mm -hmm. responded during the altar call and came to Jesus that day. And now later on, we got to be friends, but he was brought up in a racist home, and he mm -hmm. just, 
had never let, you know, God's truth be, uh, you know, in his heart, nor had he even considered that just because he was a victim of how he was raised. But I just yeah. always remember that story as such a moving story. And the fact that I said I hadn't noticed really got to him. Yeah. You know, I said, oh, man, we're we're just all, you know, humans. Uh, Slave nor yeah, free, male nor female. Yeah, Jew, right. Jew or Gentile. That's right, black yep. or white. But yep. you can gripe about it or you can share Jesus. And in his case, that's a happy ending that helped the world be a better place. And it wasn't what we did. It was, you know, the power and grace of the Lord Jesus and him hearing it for the first time, despite how he was raised. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So, Alan, I want to ask you about, uh, in our last segment here, The uh, mm-hmm. you just I noticed you just spoke at Liberty. It looked really yeah. exciting. Uh, you did the convocation. And we've done convocation before. Mm-hmm. We did it as kind of like a Q&A with our whole family one time. But it was just mm-hmm. such mm-hmm. an electric atmosphere, as I recall. What was that like? And what, what was your message for all those college kids? Boy, I will tell you what an incredible and emotional uh, moment that I will never forget to be on that stage there at Liberty University, uh, world's largest Christian university, in front of, what, 13,000, 15,000, yep. their, their student body. And the last time I was up at Liberty University, uh, Willie Robertson and his wife were speaking there. Of course, their kids are there. So it was fantastic. And what I want to do is take the theme of that university where it says training champions for Christ. And I, I kind of talked about my top 10 verses that have helped me to be a champion for Christ in these years. And I wanted to make it personal to, to the kids there. So there are five verses from the Old Testament, five verses from the New Testament. You know, I showed them my three by five cards that I always have with me where, you know, those verses are written. Uh, and then I had them uh, at the end, uh, you know, pray the prayer of Jabez, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, because I wanted them to have that personal commitment. You know, I, and I talked about give me the strength and the courage, the wisdom and discernment to defend faith and freedom for your people. And my God granted as I have requested. So just uh, an awesome opportunity. And it just re re-energizes you when you see those young people that are there all about being champions for Christ. And so uh, I, I wish our football team had played as well as Liberty's football team this weekend. <laughs> uh, maybe I wouldn't be hearing all this gator chop crap, but uh, <laughs> but they're they are definitely uh, training up champions there at uh, Liberty University. So there is that was an incredible honor. If you are a, a believer, if you're a Christian, if you're in the public sphere, uh, you want to be on that stage at Liberty University. And you know what's interesting, Alan? They, they've expanded even so much so that, like, my two teenage granddaughters are mm-hmm. online Liberty now, uh, yes. finishing their high school, which eventually will lead to their college experience. And so mm-hmm. I love it that these guys are thinking forward and ahead. And, Zach, I wanted to ask you about that because you, you went to Liberty a few months back, right, or last year, uh, met with their film department, showed our film there. It's coming up. And what was that experience like when you were there? I mean, because these are innovators, right? These are, that's like next generation for film and every other medium. Yeah, I, I thought that was awesome. You know, one of the things that we talk about a lot in kind of Christian worldview uh, is that we need more Christians in art and entertainment. Uh, it's such a powerful medium to impact and influence uh, the imagination of a culture. So, you know, going to Liberty and seeing how robust their film department is. I mean, they have a world-class um, set up there. I mean, it's extremely nice. And uh, a lot of students coming out of there. Uh, I, I hired one of the guys, uh, you know, so yeah, we, 
it's encouraging to see that there's a lot going on for this next generation. You've seen Christian films come a long way just in, in the last 20 years. I mean, it wasn't even a thing 20 years ago. And then here we have the blind coming out tomorrow. And, you know, that's, I mean, that's a, it's just come a long way. So um, I'm excited to see, you know, uh, what, what happens in the future with universities like Liberty that are putting um, money and time and effort into training up the next generation of storytellers. Yeah. And, and Alan, I'm so glad you brought up about fathers in the field. I was, I had become aware of that organization and we've been talking about trying to have somebody on our podcast. So I'm glad I, I didn't know until you just told us you were going to be um, speaking on their behalf. But Murray Crow was the first person that told me about this group, which is a guy mm-hmm. on Jason's show and a really dear friend of our families. But what a, what an important thing. And, and I, I don't know, that's how I kind of see you, Alan. That's just my my you know opinion. But you seem to be one of those guys that God uses uh, to speak out and use your platform to help other people, and especially people that can't help themselves. And so um, I, I think that's a, that's a, a good place God in a position God has you in. Is that kind of how you see yourself or? No, without a doubt. Um, you know, I go back to three years ago when I had that motorcycle accident and, you know, no one walks away from a motorcycle accident on an interstate highway on Memorial Day weekend at 75 miles per hour. And I am just so thankful to God that he has spared my life. And, you know, I thought that I would continue on for, you know, 30 years and maybe even more in the military, but God uh, saw a, a different path for me. And so uh, he, he got me off the military path at 22 years and put me on a different path. And it's very humbling that a kid in 1961 born in a Blacks Only Hospital can be here sharing the stage with you and, and definitely talking about him and all he's done in my life. Amen. I want to thank you there for doing that, my man. Yeah. Great. And and uh, we the first time I met you, we were working actually working on a cruise together at the same time for mm-hmm. uh, for yep. Brett up at Me- Media Research, and uh, mm-hmm. you and I shared a panel together. And I got to meet your wife, and yep. you know it just it, it was pretty it was pretty instantaneous for me to be around you that God had blessed you with something unique to be able to speak into this culture. So I've never forgotten that. And just appreciate what you do, you know, with your podcast, Amen. But oh, everything else. I mean, you, you've had, you've made the most of the opportunities and I'm sure God's going to give you a lot more as you go forward. Oh, I pray so. I pray so. And I would just ask that Lord Jesus, please do not let me be on an interview on a Monday morning following Losing to Florida Gators with some Florida Gator fans, okay? That just ain't right, God. That wasn't right. You know what, Al? God decided you need a little bit of humility today. And you didn't even know you were going to. I already had a Saturday night, okay? <laughs> and he no, introduces you to our obnoxious cousin who, who loves it. No. It's been a pleasure having you, brother. Keep doing what you're doing. Always. Uh, steadfast God and bless. loyal podcast. Steadfast and loyal. Thank you. The podcast so thank you alan appreciate you being on appreciate you great job later guys thanks for listening to the unashamed podcast help us out by rating us on itunes and don't miss an episode by subscribing on youtube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes and for even more content that you won't get anywhere else subscribe to blaze tv at blaze tv.com slash unashamed